Blog Talk Radio. February 16th, 2021. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I am your host, Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. Stephen Burke is um, running just a little bit behind because the roads are super, super icy but I am certain he will be making it there soon. I told him, don't go, don't go. Um, you know, never want anybody to risk their lives. We've seen all kinds of crazy pileups and crashes in areas where, you know, the roads just aren't ready for um, these kinds of vortexes. And um, the states aren't prepared. Oh, my goodness, take a look what's happening in Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, Monroe, Louisiana, had how many inches of snow? They had 10 inches of snow a couple of days ago. Monroe, Louisiana. Life shuts down in these states, you know? And in Monroe, Louisiana, you know, in certain areas there, people are, their homes are lifted up because of the flooding, right? So that means their pipes are exposed. Ah, freeze. That's quite a... Boy, that's quite a balancing act there um, when you don't have that kind of insulation below because you're so raised and uh, people are icing up. So we can only hope the best for everybody everywhere that they get where they're going safely and that um, we can bear these um, strange times and um, and that we all assert some of our even if you're not from the South, Southern hospitality and try to help our neighbors, try to help our friends. I've been traveling actually with a baseball team. And so we've been down South and it, I, there's a lot of great people everywhere. Don't get me wrong, but the Southern hospitality is amazing. A bus broke down and um, there were so many people out there trying to help us come to find out the bus really broke down, so they're all in vans, and I'm in a motorhome right now. So if it sounds a little funky, if it sounds a little loud, I apologize. Please bear with me. I'll do the best that I can. And when other people are speaking, I, what I can do is um, mute myself. How does that sound? So, again, it is Tuesday the 16th. Really appreciate you all listening, coming on board. And as you know, I had said that this show is really about, I want you to run it tonight or, you know, help me run it tonight. I want to discuss these issues that we're having or these policies that we need 
or these policies that we don't need. I want to discuss some politics. But before we get to that, I want you to know that we are pending Jorge Bravo from the Lawton Four. If you've been following the show, uh, you know all about Jorge and the Lawton Four. If not, you're going to hear about them. We'll get you up to date. So Jorge Bravo and the Lawton Four, they are going to be, uh, they're next in line, actually. We're just trying to find a time because Jorge is wrongfully convicted. And the other three of the Lawton Four, two out of the three, are long wrongfully And one is severely overly sentenced. What makes this so unique and extraordinarily pathetic, illicit, corrupt is any of the same employees, okay, public employees, we employ them, right? We employ these public employees. Let's not forget that. Uh, So uh, there are a lot of public employees that overlap these uh, really bad bad acts that have three men in prison for decades and as well one man who's grossly over-sentenced. So I want you to know that we're on that path still. And as well, we have two other two others that are in prison that we're going to talk about. And also, uh, and one is Keith Brown. He went in as a juvenile again, decades later, against the public policy. Against the public policy, he remains in prison. He is a model juvenile resident, I'm going to say, um, behind bars that speaks for far from only himself, but for many, many others. I believe this man is going to make a huge, huge difference. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams went in as an adult, but um, 30 years later, Daryl Williams had nothing to do with the crimes that were actually committed on somebody who hardly anything to do. He drove a vehicle. Uh, never touched a particular man that ended up passing. Um, And yet everybody else is out. Daryl Williams is in. He is a model prisoner. And and he needs to come out. These are exemplary um, profiles of a juvenile offender who, who, who does not claim not to be an offender, okay, uh, but he didn't hurt anybody, all right, and then an adult offender, he doesn't claim not to have been an offender, but he was wrongfully charged, and he should be out. These two men uh, are poised to make quite a difference, and we're going to be rallying hard and rallying strong for them, okay, as well, correcting treatment in corrections. The authors of that book are Michael Johnson and Rhonda Champagne. So Tina Burtz and myself are continuing with working on an educational series with these two authors, Correcting Treatment in Corrections. This is the Bible, folks. This is the Bible. Get the book if you can. It's on Amazon. You 
you can do the Kindle thing, whatever you can do. Um, and let me see what else and more. We have just so much, so much going on. So thank you for listening to my beginning. And I'd like Marty to speak in and speak up a little bit about what her other shows are all about and what you're missing if you're not already paying attention. What my other shows are all about, it's mainly about aggravating people. I have concluded that's what I'm doing. Um, and I'm good at it. And, um, you know what? But what? What, what is that saying, Marty? Um, well-behaved women don't go down in history. <laughs> Something no, like that. Just, I saw a couple of They just kick them to the like curb that. and step over them. Yeah. No, I don't know. We, we cover... And euthanasia in hospice, that'll be on tomorrow night with Marsha Joyner. And, of course, I have the whistleblower show on Thursday nights. I've been doing for five years, I think. Uh, Friday night is um, in the mix with Cause Scaife, and we cover mostly guardianship and what's going wrong in these courts. I'll tell you, if we don't get a handle on these courts and bust up that bar union, um, we're sunk. We're sunk. These people have taken the justice system, and it is a system of just us. We're special, and you're not. And, you know, not to bring up a sore point, but they just acquitted Trump. And even if they had convicted him, the man would have never seen a day in jail. We don't prosecute, as I think, who was it? Uh, Donald Rumsfeld, one of them fools from back then, said, we don't prosecute our former leaders. Well, I would like to know why the hell not. They broke the law. If I did even, you know, these people can get away with anything, Tanya. If you steal a loaf yeah, of bread, you're in prison. Life. Yeah, I, I, I feel yep. very different about it because I look at all the incitement uh, that there was going on, you know, on the other parties. And I don't think this is a, a one-party party that's going on. I think this oh, is just a whole no. bunch of corrupt politicians. Yes. So that I'll go along with. Exactly. As far as Trump being convicted, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I mean, if we're going to treat everybody yep. the same, then uh, then there should be other people convicted and in jail if, if people think yes. that's where he belongs. That's one of the reasons he got acquitted. Um, if if you're going to convict me, I got the goods on a whole bunch of you. That man doesn't operate without getting the the goods on everybody around him. And I know exactly well, I, what happened um, there. I've know, seen I it happen to before. Attorney. Wow, what an attorney. I, I was just so impressed with him. And, you, you know, what I heard him go by was constitutional rule. So I, I, uh-huh. I feel that that's exactly. why, you know, I, I feel that that's why he prevailed. And and I tell you what, for me, you might feel different about this, but for me, it's pretty scary how many votes were yes, convict him. Because to me, that seems like we're only getting more corrupt. Isn't it time yeah. that that the Congress did their jobs for us? And I, you know, I listened to I got on later in this, your show to listen with John McCrone the other day, but isn't it time? that, you know, the people were really working for us. They are our employees, people, right? They're our employees. And, yes. you know, it's like, yes, we know that, Marty, and most people do know that, right? But That's what but I told what that uh, representative out there in D.C. when he said to stood up, or it was a senator, and he said, you'll call me Senator, whatever his name was. And I said, excuse me? 
He said, my title is Senator. I said, you can call me Your Majesty. And I said, you're a public servant, are you not? And he said, yes. I said, I believe that makes you my employee. And as such, I'll expect you to adopt a little more subservient tone when you speak to me. I'm your employer. And I said, you couldn't get away with this anywhere else. Why do you think, just because you got elected to office, that somehow, you know, you're this special person? You're not. You're not. Exactly. You're you're supposed to be one of us. And they, they, but this arrogance and this thinking that because they are elected to these seats and get in the House or the Senate, that somehow they're untouchable. They can do whatever they want. And don't you approach them? At the arrogance, the absolute arrogance, is, is just untenable. Mm-hmm. It, no, I'm sorry. It Go ahead. It, that kind of reminds me of <laughs> yeah. over in Wetumpka. Remember that whole big series in Wetumpka where um, that mayor yeah. was finally like he's in jail for all kinds of horrific, uh, horrific yes. crimes. Uh, and uh, and that's when we show. were emailing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it had something to do with it. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah. but when we were emailing back and forth, and I was trying to get him to come on the show. Um, I, I called him by his first name, and he spent probably a thousand words on all the reasons why I needed to call him mayor. And it was like, wow, uh-huh. is this guy a whack job yes. or not? <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah, James. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I took my stance, yeah. and it's like, no, you know, I'll, I'll treat you with respect, but you're not going to spend a thousand words on telling me all the reasons why I should address you as mayor. First of all, you're not my mayor. Second of all, I don't have to call you mayor even if you were. (laughs) You know what I mean? When people act respectfully, you act respectfully back. You know, that's fine. But nope, there was a total loss of respect for that man from the word almost. Yes. (laughs) Well, Well, what it is is they're trying to establish. Oh, go ahead. Well, I hope that people keep in mind, um, you know, before tax season, uh, people like uh, 89.9 RBFM over there in Stewart, Oklahoma. It's a nonprofit Christian radio station. Keep them in mind. Uh, You can always email me. Um, You can email me at tanyatalks at outlook.com if you want to get contact information. And please. Marty Oakley, ppjg.me. Donations would help. Donations would help her. Uh, donations always help. She doesn't make a penny off of this stuff. Um, we have no TV, no uh, radio commercials. Does everybody hear that? No, that <laughs> there's a reason for that. Um, so uh, let's keep people in mind when we're, uh, when you can, if you can. Uh, how we can do our part to help these great people, platforms, and uh, activated advocates. Marty? Tanya, I truly, yeah, I truly think we are going to see the end of alternative radio. Uh, They're doing so much censoring. And there sits Congress and the president, the last one and the current one, not saying a word. This is a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. They are censoring across the board. Anything they don't want you to read or know is being taken down. People are being deplatformed that don't take the narrative that government is handing out on COVID or anything else. 
You can't believe those yeah. people. They will lie to you in a heartbeat. It just, I think sometimes they lie for the sake of lying, uh, just knowing yeah, they get away the with curtain, it. People. Pull back the curtain, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pull back the curtain. And and that's the thing, oh, Tanya. Um, I think we're all going to be deplatformed. They're going to shut us down. I have no doubt about that. So what I have been telling everyone, uh, and the ones they won't shut down are the hoo-hoo radio stations, you know, Girl Talk and, um, you know, these goofy stations right. that really don't do anything. Um, but uh, the, those of us that are trying to effect change and expose what's actually going on, I think our days are numbered. I truly do. So I advise everyone who's involved and active to get your email list together. And even there with the NSA uh, monitoring every word we write, every word we speak, everywhere we go on the net, I think that will be in jeopardy also. But at least get your email list together so if you get deplatformed, you can still stay in contact with people that follow you. Um, It's just, I don't know. These are sad, sad times. Sad times. And there we have a government sitting there silent, not saying a word. Yeah, exactly. Not saying a word. Gee, that sounds familiar. Not saying a doggone word. That's very bothersome Um, when you have, you know, sometimes you have over-communicators and sometimes you have under-communicators. We've got to get this right. We have got to get this right. Um, but now Biden and I'm Harris show, are coming yeah. out with a full-on attack against the Second Amendment. Uh, they're sending out. I get stuff all the time. Uh, you know, do we need a gun control violence agency? No. Uh, the last thing we need is another dysfunctional, corrupt federal agency. And but this is an oh, attack on yeah. the Second Amendment. What they're talking about is taxing you $2,000 a year per gun. I know people who have collections that have numerous guns. Um, They've been a 50% tax purchases and a 50% tax on ammunition and they want to outlaw what they call assault rifles. Well, why would you outlaw them? The police are carrying them, plus they have tanks and grenade launchers and God knows sound weapons and everything else. But what's behind this is They've got weapons, Tanya, that make guns look like pea shooters. They oh, don't God, care yes. what you got. They just don't want you to have it. They want if and, you and take you the think second amendment away. And you think they are protected? And you think they aren't protected? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you th- Listen, and the you know second what? amendment was I believe not, in standing my ground a, and I've got my gun. <laughs> so just try to come and get it, okay? You, you will be minus yeah. toes. Let's start there. Well, the, you won't take away my protection. The thing is, the second, the Second Amendment is the underpinning to the Constitution. It was not uh, written so that you could go deer and rabbit hunting. It was so that the population would have a defense against a tyrannical government. And should Which tyranny ever are, arise, we had a way to. Yes, we're facing right now, and we did under Trump also, and we did under Obama. You can go back. All of them have attacked the public and your rights. Um, Joe Biden actually wrote the Patriot Act, but it was submitted as a standalone bill under another name. Mitch McConnell, after 911, mm-hmm. and he sent Biden a letter thanking him, 
took that bill and word for word rebranded it the Patriot Act. It is the first all-out assault on people's rights. We had 1,500 laws on the books to deal with terrorism. Not one of them was invoked. And you may ask why. Well, I'll tell you. 911. Because they make money. They don't make money from it. That's why. No. No, 911 was an inside job. And it was to be the beginning of this overthrow of America as we know it. So then they follow up three days later with the Patriot Act. All of the, the bills, the laws that were on the books were aimed at foreign terrorists. So none of them could be invoked to use for 911. Do you understand what I'm saying? And yep, I so do. they come out with this new bill. Yes. And they I come out that with this bill new was bill. Just in the wings waiting. It was waiting. It was already Well, that's written. what I say. Biden wrote, yes, Biden had written it and submitted it a couple oh, years yeah. before. It didn't go anywhere. And Mitch McConnell took yep. it word for word, retitled it the Patriot Act, and they passed it without anybody reading it. Cynthia McKinney, a representative, was the only one that stood up and said, don't vote for this. None of us have read it. We don't know what's in it. But what this bill did, it was the first open assault on the American public. The only time terrorists and terrorism is mentioned is when they go after the constitutional rights. That's the uh-huh. only time. We are, and, and when people need to understand, we are, now, and we are the people that the government fears. It isn't some foreign terrorists. They are scared of them. They'll blow them out of the sky. It's us. So they are trying to disempower us. They are trying to silence us. And this goes on, you know, uh, no matter whether it's Democrat or Republican, whatever you want to call it. You know, out there in D.C., Tanya. I don't call it Democrat and I don't call it Republican because what I call it when this stuff is happening is corrupt. You know? Yes. The people that are engaged in this. They're corrupt. I don't care what they call themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, look, they're, I know they're that, that Trump was a Democrat. Okay, he became a Republican because he could win as a Republican. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, so it's really yeah. the person. It's it's really about the person. Well, the thing is, opinions, of course. You, having been out there, you know there is no actual divide. It's one big party, and you wasn't invited. And. Right. This left versus right, Democrat versus conservative, all of this BS, is simply a way to wedge the public and keep you fighting to each other. I keep remembering that graphic that was put up here a few weeks ago. A guy holding up a sign. He said they want us to hate each other, and that is exactly mm-hmm. what it is. They've got to keep us fighting between ourselves so we don't fight them. And, um, well, I've got James Treat with us now, and he's got he, and I yeah. want to introduce him because I asked him to come on as as well to join us. Um, uh-huh. So uh, James Treat is I'll from Oklahoma. Quiet. He's from Humes County. No, you don't have to be quiet. This is good. This is good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I was listening to you and John McCrum. I'm like, wow, I'm loving in this show. You know, and listen, I'm like, I'm envious. I love the way that you guys are going back and forth. I'm like. Come on, Marty. Come on, Marty. Let's do this. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, um, no, he's he's a great. You know, you two do great together on your show. I love it. Um, but James Tree is from is from Hughes, Oklahoma. He is a whistleblower. He is a retired retired level C uh, corporate executive. Uh, he attended some law school, 
and he's uh, really, you know, done a lot of great things over there in in uh, in Hughes County, and he's he's helped a lot of great people. He's helped a lot of people, along with Stephen Burke from 89.9 KLRB FM, and we are now on air. He made it there, so we're now on the station over there. Glad you got there safely, Stephen Burke. Um, Stephen Burke, feel free to chime into this conversation anytime you want, Marty, if you don't mind uh, turning him on as well. And we'll pay attention because it uh, it is call-in night. Call-in night uh, before Hang in there one more minute, James, before um, before uh, we, we get into more discussion. Yes, people, this, is, this show is about policy and politics, policy and politics and whatever the heck you want to talk about, okay? Policy and politics. We have got uh, some controversial bills uh, in front of uh, us right now. Um, we've got the... Uh, the the uh, Congressional Review Act by the Center for Progressive Reform. These are federal bills, okay? These are uh, uh, we've got uh, now. Trump ded- was dedicated to deregulation, as you know. He was trying to under-involve government, okay? Uh, so what Biden has done is he has already removed things such as the Keystone. Uh, Pipeline, go ahead, and uh, the Paris Agreement, um, then the, us being dis- disengaged with them. Uh, now, guess what? We are back engaged with them. However you feel about that, chime on in. Biden uh, has removed that disengagement, as well as with the World Health Organization that Trump uh, removed us from. Now we're back with the World Health Organization who, in my opinion, has done nothing but skew numbers, mess around with their lives, mess around with their health, and it is just a party. Uh, he's also, uh, Biden's also rescinded orders restricting travel from uh, several very predominantly uh, Muslim and African countries. Tell us how you feel about it if you want to talk about some federal controversial bills. Um, also, um, he put a temporary moratorium on uh, on the oil and natural gas leases uh, in regard to the Ar- Arctic National Wildlife uh, Refuge. So those are federal bills. Controversial. What would you like to talk about? Do you have something to say on a local level? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to bring up? Let's go. Let's start with James Street. Oh, yes. Call in 917-388-4520. 917-388-4520. Press number one. If you want to be heard, we've got myself, Tanya Hathaway, Marty Oakley, and James Treat here now. So let's do this. Hi, James. Hello. How are you? I'm so glad that you're on because I know just how – well educated you are with this stuff and you're just a great speaker and uh, appreciate you being here with us well thank you i wanted to touch on a couple of things you said and marty said marty was pointing out the uh, bias and the censorship and you pointed out some inequities uh and other just ain't right things and flat sorry things that are going on but i would encourage every single listener and every single 
listener to read the Declaration of Independence, read your Bill of Rights, and read your Constitution. I'm going to take the time, if you don't mind, to read one paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776, because this needs to hit the inner core of your bones throughout your body. It is that important. And it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, it being the government, and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect the safety and happiness. People, that says it all. James, um, up here when I was um, going after some things up here and dealing with all that's going on, COVID most especially, and these edicts by governors of shutting down businesses and, you know, locking people down in their houses and all that, virtually every state constitution has a provision that says that under no circumstances can a governor or any of its agencies or agents do this. And if they try to, it's unenforceable. When I brought this up to people, Michigan especially, people there, and I said, your constitution, your state constitution, you mean the federal? No, I mean your state constitution. Mm -hmm. I didn't know we had one. What? (laughs) And I heard that from more people across the country. I didn't know we had a state constitution. Uh, oh my God! Help me, somebody. And there's so many invalid, aren't there? There's, but, there's just a perversion yeah. of the federal, and so that means it's invalid. But all state, all state constitutions cannot cannot subvert the federal constitution. Right. The U.S. Constitution cannot be subverted to any state constitution. So they can't take something away that the federal constitution has given you the right to have. As an, in, as an inalienable right. And, and so if you look up unalienable rights, what, what that is, and, you know, I'm not trying to, sometimes we just need to, you know, lay things out really, really clearly, you know, because well, you it, probably know what it, what it means, you know, most everybody. But if we really look at the definition of the unalienable According to the Webster Dictionary, okay, impossible to take away or give up, okay? Impossible to take away or give up. Inalienable, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, just as you read, but impossible to take away or give up. That's what you need to understand. 
That word inalienable is supposed to not be penetratable. And yet we as a society have let one privilege, one right, and one freedom be taken away from us one at a time, day by day, mm-hmm. month by month, year by year, over the last, golly, we got to go back to, yeah. what, ni- 1929? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, in um, when my girls were still in high school, my granddaughters, the youngest one came home to one day, and she was a great, she was straight A student, honor roll, <laughs> crying her eyes out. She had a demerit and a detention, and she was just upset. And I said, "What happened, honey? What what happened? What'd you do?" She said, "In our civics class, the teachers at first asked, did we think?" global citizenship would be possible in our lifetime. I said, in other words, like, is it something you desire? She said, yeah. She told her, she said, I am a global citizen. I'm American national on the soil in Minnesota. She said, later in the class, we talked about the Constitution for about an hour. I said, oh, a whole hour, huh? And she said, yeah, and she said, (coughs) uh, told us that the Constitution you know, was generally regarded as being an old document and irrelevant, and uh, it was wonderful in its time, but its time was over. And she said, I stood up and said, you tell my grandma that, she'll rip your tongue out of out of your mouth. So she gave her a demerit <laughs> and a detention. So she oh. came home and told me, and I went right up to the school, got the principal, asked if the teacher was still there. She was. I said, could you bring her down here, please? I said, I've got something I need to straighten out with her. So she came down, and she said, first, she said, I know who you are. And she said, first, let me say, I know from talking with Brianna, she said, "Um, you you have a lot of conversations at home about politics and what's going on. And we would really appreciate it if you limited your conversations with the children because it makes it difficult for me to teach the curriculum, at which time my head exploded and blew across the room. Politics. She's teaching politics. Yes. That's what she's doing. Yes. Right? And so what I said, first say? off, don't don't ever presume to tell me what I can talk to my kids about. It's none of your business. And secondly, don't you ever tell my granddaughter that the dec- or the God, I can't even think. The Constitution of the United States is an old, irrelevant, archaic document and it's no longer effective. It was wonderful in its time. And I said, it is an ageless document. Don't you ever tell that again. And I said, if you're going to preach anti-Americanism and sovereignty in your class, then you remove my granddaughter because I don't want her hearing this stuff. And she says, now, she said, we need to understand. I said, secondly, if you don't quit talking to me in that little girl sing-songy voice, I said, I probably am going to rip your tongue out of your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, it's something I don't appreciate. Okay, so this is a very and, violent show. I'm going to be shooting toes. You're going to be ripping tongues. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. This is just the way I am. And uh, so when she turned around to the principal and she said, did you hear her? She threatened me. He said, I didn't hear anything. And <laughs> I said, good. Well, well, well Marty, said, so, yeah? here, here our, our government sold us out. Of what you just of what you just described in 1871, and the legal term for it is sui juris, s u i j u r i s. One okay. who has 
all the rights to which a free man is entitled, one who is not under the power of another as a slave, a minor, and or the like. When they contracted the United States, they took away, quote, unquote, the free man or the individual that you pointed out in your example. Well, I do know, too, that the only people they considered having any worth to speak were landowners and men. Uh, you had to be a landowner, and, and that applied to voting. If you could not vote unless you owned a piece of land. That gave you standing. And, but women weren't allowed because, of course, we couldn't have any property. What the heck's wrong with you? And, of course, people of color were only considered, what was it, three-fifths? of a man so they couldn't vote and mm-hmm. so it was all centered on white men I go back again to that book White Trash uh, you know 175 year history of the United States they never tell you about that preceded the plantational slavery that went on uh, after that it just uh, what had happened there and we're going to see this I'm telling you we are they landed on the eastern shore of the United States and decided that nobody wanted it, so they were taking it. And so the English government gave all these noblemen and everybody 30 and 40,000 acre tracts of land with the caveat that they had to make it productive. So they thought, well, heck, there's all these savages living there. We'll make them work. Well, they just weren't at all amenable to that. And so they went back to England and said, we've done everything. You know, we've shot them and we've hung them and we've burned them out and they still won't work those fields. So England came up with a bright idea. They cleaned their streets of the old, the infirm. Sound familiar, anybody? Orphans, widows, <laughs> prostitutes, criminals. Uh, they went in prison. Now, if you were uh, in prison, you were either sold as a indentured servant or as a slave. Now, as a slave, you could never get out of the arrangement. As an indentured servant, you could supposedly work yourself to pay off the debt that they paid for you. But And England crowed about how what a boon it was to the economy. And I'm seeing the same thing happen now with this fake COVID stuff. Um, this, oh my God, this angers me so bad. And But you're seeing massive numbers of elderly people dropping dead behind this so-called vaccine that isn't a vaccine and people who are infirm you know have chronic illness this is a culling we're watching a culling taking place and when England ran out of people and bragged about how good their economy was doing now that they got rid of all those people they needed more so they went to Ireland did the same thing there then they headed for France and the king of France told them if they showed up there He'd send them to their maker. So they backed off. But see, we're seeing the same thing now. And, you know, Tanya, you always focus on these prisons, which I'm glad you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, but we are too. seeing the it's same just... thing in process. We are, we are seeing what they consider an underclass being shoved into these prisons. Yes. And yes. they're making money off Enslaved. of them. Enslaved. Okay. Well, yes. exactly. That, that's the thing. If you take a look at... Um, the budget and, you know, the in and out. If you take a look at how much money um, uh, the state makes, even if it's transparent, that is, 
you're going to have a pretty good idea why certain states have such a high incarceration rate and, and Oklahoma, I believe, mm-hmm. is back to the number one and, and uh, number one in, in the world uh, uh, for women per, uh, per capita. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. It is, okay, we've got you, now we're not letting you go. And then there's a risk, right. given how many wrongful convictions, over-sentencing, that pattern. It's like clockwork. I mean, listen, there definitely doesn't happen to most of them, but these egregious wrongful convictions that, you know, hey, guess what? Let's just have a new trial. There's new DNA. You know, oh, no. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? What do you mean, no? Well, we've got you behind bars. We can keep you there. So, you know, you're making money for us, please. You know, this is how it seems. This is how it seems to be, Marty. So, yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to get carried away with the point you were trying to no, make. No, that's all right. I apologize. I, well, what I'm, what I'm saying here is we've done this. Society, governments have done this over and over again. This runs in cycles. And they decide that we are a waste population um, and you have to be gotten rid of. And in this case, they're using this fake virus. I want to say something else, and I'm going to get out of your show and leave you alone. This this oh, mask policy. Dentists are reporting massive numbers of people coming in with mouth fungus from wearing these masks and yeast infection. And it's so bad that it is causing gum disease. Their teeth are falling out in some cases. Uh, cavities. You're breathing all this in. And that inside that mask, germs and bacteria colonize. It's just a perfect environment and then you breathe that and it's back not down even into your lungs you, even if you wash your mask right right marty you can still, you can right. wash your mask right you can have a clean mask yeah and that's still going to be happening yeah yes and because you're breathing all this stuff and now they've come out with uh, it'd probably be better if you wear two masks so you're going to reduce the oxygen intake further increase the carbon dioxide in the body which will cause heart attacks and strokes in some people um this is i've i've never seen and i'm going to tell you i've not put one of them masks on and i will not and but when i see these people walking around now with two masks on with that martyred look on they're like oh why aren't you wearing a mask i'm i'm worried about you that's why i got two of my no you're just stupid that's what you are um too many you people have come out Talk to, I have never seen people so desperate to be conned, so desperate to be afraid and spineless as America today. I have never seen people just absolutely de- desperate. Scare me some more. Tell me some more crap. I'm not scared enough. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, first off, get up and get a backbone. Uh, they've been outed so many times. The New Brighton Declaration. 50,000 doctors and scientists and almost a million common people have signed that, that this is a hoax, that there is nothing to this. They have never isolated a virus, never. And And there have been people that are murdered, that have been murdered since they started speaking out. People that have worked for Merck murdered because she was speaking out. I mean, of yes, course, and, it's uh, but something, unfounded how she actually well, the guy died. Okay? The, yes, 
the, well, the my... guy that invented the PCR test said that it is not to be used to detect viruses. In fact, it can't. So right. why are we using CDC? admits 95% of false positives for testing. Why are you telling people they've got this virus yeah. that you can't even prove exists? Then somebody yeah. said, well, all of that aside, people are dying what from? Well, you take somebody like, you know, when this all first came out, Home, uh, Health and Human Services came out with that thing that you don't actually have to test. If they display symptoms, you can say with COVID, and then you can write off everything else, and you get paid for that, $12,500. Yeah. And yeah. – oh, God, this stuff makes me so mad. If you go on a ventilator, so if you, then isn't it 30, yeah. 30 grand or something like that? 38500 <laughs> oh And 97% of people that have been put on a de- ventilator died. Died. It explodes your lungs. Uh, epidemiologist yeah, my I was sister, talking my to told me he a, said. Um, a nurse anesthesiologist, and look, she took uh-huh. the vaccination. She wasn't forced into it, so she kind of believes in the vaccination. That's fine. Uh-huh. But she said the ventilator, forget about it. The second that – now, I don't yep. believe in the vaccination, okay? I'm not going to be anybody's test, no. all right? Uh, it's, no. it's an experiment. No, right now, and yes. and if you don't believe in in the uh, in the in the virus being what they've made it out to be, why would you take? Uh, uh, but anyway, she said, if you go on the ventilator, you're dead. You're dead. Yes, most people will die. That's that what the, gives uh, me goodbye. Yes, it's a miserable death. Because he said that he, but epidemiologist told me he said you never ventilate someone whose lungs are impacted. He said what they're doing is intubating them and then exploding their lungs. There's no outward injury. But the other thing he told me, and I talked to two other doctors that I know, and they said if you come in and they can in any way diagnose you with COVID, any any pre-existing medical condition, treatment for those medics stops. So you can have a heart attack right in front of them. They won't intervene. Oh, they died with COVID. And right. This is how we're taking people out. They go into these nursing homes and something I'm going to be watching like a hawk and then I'm going to shut up is every time they go into these nursing homes with these vaccines, <coughs> a crap load of people drop over dead on the spot and then all the rest of them are suddenly infected with COVID and they're going to die over the yeah. next week. Uh, go back to when this first sprouted and Cuomo put all those sick people in that nursing home. Four days yeah. later, hospice shows up. Because they were used to dealing with death. The better word would have been they were used to creating death. They are known for hastening death. That's what our hospice show is about. <laughs> it's pre- premeditated murder. I'm speaking for myself there. Do what you will with that. Yeah. Well, but Marty, then what all of those people, people have died. to listen to it. They, Marty, all, all of those people in that nurse, go ahead. What you're pointing out just goes to what I just said. People are giving away their rights. A medical device, yes. or excuse me, a medical mask or any type of mask, but specifically a medical mask by federal definition is considered to be a, a medical device. And you cannot yes. be forced involuntarily to use a medical device by federal law. And then if you want yes. to go to, well, the private store won't let me, well, excuse me, you've got the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That says if they're engaging yes. in commerce, they don't have that right or privilege to deny you. Yep. So again, yep. there you go. The the protections are there. If people would just stand up and have a backbone, as you suggest. Yes. There you go. There you go. But it's just like I say in this nursing home, and when I'm 
seeing is this is happening time and time again in the nursing homes and assisted living in jails and prisons. I think what actually has happened is these people are actually getting something different than what the rest of the population is being get. I think they're being given a hot shot. I truly do. And um, it, it, that's why they won't allow any autopsies after they die. Uh, you can't you autopsy, and they the want doctor? everybody cremated. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Get rid of the right. Exactly. So yeah. I, I know of somebody who went to a doctor with strep throat condition, asked to mm-hmm. be, you know, strep, you know, swap for strep. You, yeah. You don't have strep throat <laughs> symptoms. Yeah. Excuse me. What do you call a fever? What do you call a red hot throat? What do you? Call, yep. Uh, but this well, that's like been... Tanya. I, I went to, because of the, uh, not to give out my personal history, but I have asthma and chronic bronchitis and severe allergies. Mm-hmm. Got really sick, as you know, there for a couple months. Finally went to urgent care. Oh, definitely COVID, Marty. Don't you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, the nurse came in the room, and she said, Han, we're going to swab your nose now. We're going to give you your COVID. T-. I said, no, you're not. She said, what? I said, no, you're not. She said, hon, you have to take it. And I said, no, hon, doesn't. And I said, I don't want to be swabbed. And she said, we just put this in your note. I said, I don't care where you put it, but you're not putting it anywhere in me. And I said, if you'll notice, I said, I have got severe damage to the bridge of my nose. And I said, you try to ram anything up there, we're probably both going to go out of here on a gurney. And I said, but I don't want to be tested for COVID. She said, hon, it's our policy. And I said, excuse me, hon. I don't care what your policy is. I'm only concerned with my own. And I will not be swabbed with whatever that thing is that looks like a weapon in your hand for anything related to COVID. And I, I said, love that um, weapon in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, what so they're collecting. The in- you if she forced you into it. Yes. And she said, well, what happened to your nose? I said, it was a parting shot from his soon-to-be ex-husband. And... I switch you see well, I survived that. There's something that yeah. everyone's forgetting about this. What is this swabbing doing? It's what they're collecting not able to it, it, it's collecting DNA. It's what they weren't able yes. to totally fulfill with the uh websites tracing back your histories. All they're doing yep. is building yep. a database of DNA. Yep. And every newborn baby in this country since 1992 has had its DNA taken and it's stored out there in Maryland in that big data bank center. <laughs> and they've also got tissue samples. They've got umbilical cord tissue. They've got everything. But you're right. And I said this early on, James, that they're collecting DNA. And there is no, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, then they came out and admitted, yeah, we're collecting your DNA. What is it they want with our DNA? What is it that they want? They are just desperate to get it. Well, you saw the... John brought up a I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure you saw the videotape of Bill Gates and his uh, meeting with the CIA, and it was over the DNA structure to modify your yes. behavior. Yes, but you know that was a fake. That wasn't him in there. Yeah, it was. And he, he wasn't saying that isn't what they were talking. Yeah, they were. And so the, the fact checkers on Facebook, oh, I Didn't trust them. Didn't he become friends with it was, uh, Weinstein or I, whatever his name is uh, after Epstein, he uh, yeah. was uh, caught on Pedophile yeah. Island? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. 
right. Yep. And uh, but see, I, I noticed that you know, uh, Trump say, "Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him." And here's these videos all over the net with, when he was younger with Epstein at these parties with these young girls. Yeah, you knew him. And um, but, but see, they're all as soon they're as he found corrupt. out about that, he as soon as he found out about that, he disengaged a friendship with him. No, he did not. <laughs> oh yes, he did. No, he Change did the not. subject. No, oh, come did. on now. Okay. Yeah, I read in the Peacock web too. You uh, cut it out, Marty. But I see you. I love you. Get on a chair so I can reach your head. Um, oh, so you're gonna pop me one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make fun of your pajamas. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll make fear in front of my snoring. <laughs> I snored yeah, that night. Oh, good lord. Oh, I can't wait. I can throw it out. Anyway, what happens in these days in D.C.? I just broke the There you school. go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. But I'm going to back out of here, Tanya. You go ahead and finish up here. I'm sorry I took up so much of your time. I should have shut up. Oh, no. but, We're um, going for 90 tonight, though, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Because I, I forgot to mention that. I was like, oh, I hope you are. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Marty, yeah. uh, poke yeah. back in any time, but... Uh, Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> James, All right. James, All right. I got a question for you, James. Shoot. Uh, what's happening to our classrooms? Well, we already have a pretty good idea what's happening to our classrooms, as we've been discussing. Uh, it was a few weeks ago that a representative uh, proposed a bill the House Bill in New Hampshire, House Bill 320, to the House Education Committee, an act requiring a civic competency assessment as a high school graduation requirement. The legislation, it would, what it would do is require that all students graduating from a New Hampshire high school to pass United States citizenship test. Now, um, the opposers of this bill are saying, well, this would just take away time from math, you know, and, and that is needed as well. So it says uh, there isn't a standardized test on this important subject, and parents have no idea if their kids are learning the basics and civics. In many classes, they're fo- focused on civic action, which has led to students not having a solid understanding of how the country was founded, how it's governed, and what it means to be a citizen. A basic, a basis of knowledge is needed in order to engage in analytical and critical thinking, something we're certainly lacking, uh, many are certainly lacking these days. Um, that's why Supreme Court Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Neil Gorsuch have been advocating for civics education in schools and believe that it should be a mandatory part of the curriculum. And that might help people also learn how they do their jobs and why they do their jobs the way they do. For those who continually talk about supporting public education, this is the way to do it. Improving literacy in a core academic subject is how we all work together to improve public schools in New Hampshire. It's not a replacement for a good civics program. A good social studies standards can also assist in developing an excellent curriculum Several states have already enacted laws that require the passage of this test in all schools. This means that New Hampshire students would be required to have the same basis of knowledge in civics, similar to knowing your math facts. This content 
is something all students should learn to know. Okay, so who would oppose to this legislation? Carl, um, okay, I won't get into the New Hampshire people. But why do you think there is splash uh, on this? Well, I mean, there'd be a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, I saw a meme today that kind of said it all, and it was a cartoon of the principal's office. And there were three kids outside in the hall, outside the principal's office, and the one kid says, well, I said the Pledge of Allegiance. The other kid said, well, all I did was pray. And the other one said, well, I sang America the Beautiful. And that meme was pulled off of Facebook. But one of the bigger tragedies, I, 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 I don't disagree with the censored? learning. Yes. Wow. I don't disagree with the learning curriculum in the schools and everything that you said, math, this, that, and the other. But what we're forgetting as a society, and I learned this from my five-year-old grandson. I had the privilege, opportunity to sit and do this homeschooling with him for about a week. Okay. What I know is one of his greatest thrills was getting on the bus every morning as a five-year-old. It wasn't singing along in the class or cutting out the paper whatevers or finding the odds and the evens in the pattern, which he did that with ease. But what we're taking away from these kids is their social interaction, their ability to get along with other people the ability to hear and discuss and be part of a communion of interaction, of social thinking, changing ideas. Mm-hmm. But that has always been a combination in our education system, and we've thrown it out the window many years ago because I don't remember how far back we threw PE out. But PE was a critical aspect of education simply mm-hmm. because the child that had the inability to sit and think for long periods of time, they call it, what do they call it now? Uh, uh, attention deficit disorder. Attention, attention oh, deficit. ADD? Okay. ADD. Okay. I have ADD. I got on another subject. But they, in Texas, I was as an say. example, they found that lengthening the recess time cut down on the ADD diagnosis is in the school among the kids. So I'm getting back to what we're allowing right now with the mask and the stay-at-home school and all this gobbledygook is we are cheating our children and grandkids. We're cheating them the opportunity for social development. And what does that equate to? Independent thinking. Him being so proud of himself to go by himself and get on the bus and ride to school and get off the bus and come home. Because it was teaching him responsibility. Now, doesn't this, can you think about this a little bit? I mean, all these things that are being taken away, and all of a sudden, if we're offered a crumb, we're supposed to be ever so grateful to our masters who are actually our employees. You know what I mean? 
Oh, we can go back to work. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, um, we, you, you know, it's thank you for that check from the federal government. Thank you so, so much. You, you know, we appreciate that, even though they took away your work. They took away your right to work, to earn a living. So suddenly, people are to these horrific monsters that have had this plan for decades, and we're appreciating that little crumb that we're getting. Well, no, it can't go that way. It just cannot go that way. I think I've said this before uh, when I was spent, you know, a part of the summer, about half the summer in Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, two years ago, I met a lot of natives from Puerto Rico. And, you know, we would talk about the hurricane over there and all the damage and finally some and finally, some uh, of the uh, uh, of the uh, trees were starting to vegetate again, and the coral was starting to grow again, and and you know it was wonderful to see. But they said if only they would build those poles back up again, not the same way, but if only they used the money that they were given by President Trump, you know the FEMA money, to rebuild better, so this wouldn't happen. If, and then they said, but you know what, just if they took less. So they had actually resigned themselves to the fact that, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to let them steal some. Just please don't steal as much. Well, it, Are we it's, in, it's, there? it's inalienable rights. And, right, you know, exactly. as a, Americans take it so for granted or have taken it so for granted. Maybe their eyes are opening up a little bit more and a little bit more now. But ask a person that lives in Spain. Ask a person that lives in the United Kingdom. Ask a person who lives in Australia, much less the third world countries. They look up to America for one thing, freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ask them what they think about America, and they'll tell you, freedom. It's been all Mm -hmm. over the secondary news sources in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Not mainstream, but we have to protect our freedom. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're saying is absolute day by day, month by month, and year by year, hour by hour. So they don't deserve a thank you. They don't deserve a thank you. They need a kick in the butt, and they need to get out. They need to get out. They need to go. They are not doing their jobs. Doing their jobs. And now, supposedly the Capitol building is for us, right? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not for us. It's for corporations that wants to take us over. One that might even be bankrupt. They're not really a corporation anymore. What do you have to say about that? It's an illegitimate corporation at the present (laughs) that's occupying Uh that property. Yep. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Where where are these things happening now? In uh, somewhere in California? What's the name of that movie studio? (laughs) A lot of this stuff, anyways. Oh, Oh, Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle Rock. Thank you. 
there's a lot of alternative uh, news out there. People, um, you know, start to start to dig a little bit deeper. At least, like you know, take a look at what others are saying uh, that have been right before. Well, others that um, people say they don't. People say they don't see anything. What about the 2018 executive order that President Trump wrote? And then why would he be signing executive orders up until the minute he walked out of office? And read uh, just those read just those documents and connect the dot with why is the military in Washington D.C. Connect another <laughs> dot. I'm very comfortable with that. I'm just going to put out the phone number I'm for not. anybody who wants to call in. 917-388-4520. Press 1 if you want to join the conversation. I imagine you're having a good time with it already. But if you want to add to it, if you want to join the conversation, call 917-388-4520 and press 1. James. Yes. You were saying. You were saying. Well, connecting another dot, Melania Trump on her social media in, uh, I believe it was July of 2018, said that she was going to join Donald Trump, the president, and sign the uh, Declaration of Independence. Went right by everybody. But it's right there in bold print. And that was definitely, it was verified to be her, the best it can be verified. The best of it, I mean, it was her public account that had been ongoing for ever since she was first lady. But you have to, and if you connect another dot, you've got the so-called Republican Party and you got the so-called Democratic Party. No, you really don't. You really have one party in one party in power, and it's a mixture of a little bit from the left and a little bit from the right, and they protect that center ground, a little left and a little right, to protect their own self-interest. But you exactly. really truly they only good have good cup, bad cup on us all the time, mm-hmm. right? But you really truly only have a one-party system right now today, and that's the problem. Well, you know what the one party should really be? It's us. It's we the people. We the people. It's us. <laughs> we are the governed. Governed. We are the ones that allow to be governed. There needs to be. It's not civilians anymore. It's not people like you and me and Marty anymore. They're mostly attorneys. Mostly attorneys. There was a time. When you weren't allowed to be an attorney, to be a legislator. And be in government, right? Yes. Yes. You weren't allowed to be. Well, you could be, uh, you know, as a president. Uh, You you know, um, let me see. Lincoln, he got his bar license. Uh, He never went to school, but I I think it was a test. Problem is, take a look, as Marty brought up earlier, the Bar Association. That's an illegal, private organization that is in Oklahoma 
is listed as an arm in the Oklahoman Constitution. Hello, we talked about this earlier. Um, as an arm of the Supreme Court. Imagine that. Imagine that. They're a private company, the Bar Association, that is supposed to, supposedly the mission statement is to, you know, something like, uh, it's really supposed to be like an omnibusman kind of thing, but it's not. It is not. They will not go after their own does turn a profit at the cost of the victims of them. We need intervention as citizens. We do. We need intervention as citizens. We do. And, and there has been a process for that in the past. Some of it included violence. Some of it did. Uh, People are willing to stand up for their lives, their children's lives, and so on and so forth. The last thing most of us ever want to have happen is this to become a deadly civil war. Well, I think it became a deadly civil war over the summer. When you have, uh, who's that guy, what's his name, who said it's fiction? It's fiction. There are no riots. What's his name? Oh, he's been there forever. When people turn their backs on the fact that there were riots, there were riots. If you, if that's not, that was a planned insurrection in many areas. I'm not saying all of it was. There were tons of peaceful protests. God bless them, as there needed to be. Nobody should die the way George Floyd died, regardless of his past, regardless of whether he had drugs in his system. Doesn't make it okay. But was that an excuse? for there to be more division among our country? I think so. How many people died when riots started? How many people died? We had one man die. Now, understand, I understand that there's been more than one man or woman who has been wrongfully killed by the police. It is a far exception to the rule, but it does happen, and it does happen to happen more to black men than anybody else. That I agree, that it does happen to white, to Asian, to Spanish, to whoever. But let me tell you something. There is no excuse whatsoever to go burning down billions of, uh, to burn down buildings, burn down the neighborhoods of these people that have their own businesses to, there's no reason for it. So this whole insurrection thing, okay, they were saying, okay, they had the right to do what they were doing. Governors, mayors turned their backs on what was going on. People were dropped off 
that don't even live in the area to destroy the area, to create more division. What? Stop. And they were hired by the FBI. And they were hired by the FBI, FBI. CIA. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, This is, and other organizations that supported it as well, is something that we cannot let overtake us. Are we pawns? Are we pawns? I mean, last thing I know, you know, I know my sons are great friends with all colors, all races. They get along, you know, you, you don't, just don't see that crap, okay? But they acknowledge what it's like for some more than others, okay? So we do need to understand that. We do need to educate, and we need to change it so that does not exist anymore right? We have to make sure it does not exist anymore. How are we going to get there? Not by being anybody's pawn. That's for sure. Pulling us in the opposite direction, people. Are we going to play that game like a rubber band and then snap? Aren't we snapping already? Is this irreparable? Come on. It can't be. Help me out, guys. They have video, Tanya, of a police officer Minneapolis police, this is one of the reasons they're trying to defund them and get rid of them, um, having come from that area. The Minneapolis Police Department was nothing but a gang and of thugs and criminals, and they strong-armed the community. But the first fire started, first window broken, was a Minneapolis cop who had a hoodie pulled down over his face, but there were two shots in the video because, you know, we're under surveillance all the time. You could clearly see his face, and he was identified. And then mysteriously overnight, piles of bricks showed up in these cordoned mm-hmm. off areas. Uh, gee, I wonder where oh, those yeah. came from. Uh, yeah, right before all this started, yeah, they stopped two busloads of white supremacists east of the Twin Cities coming in to add to the problem. And then uh, most of those people who started the rioting, just like down in Ferguson, were actually bussed in. They were employees of the FBI. They were hired through Rent-A-Crowd in Denver. They hire people there all the time to come in and do And those people were offered $5,000 per person for three days' work. They were to go into Ferguson and start looting and burning and all of this stuff. And I'm not saying, like, people didn't join in because they did. But they were the they ones did. that started it, and so. Well, I uh, I also know that there are or, there's also there's also Antifa, and there's certainly also an organization called Black Lives Matter that was a big part of that. Well, and Marty, there's all kinds of video. Marty, this will enthuse you. I believe it was this last week or the end of last week. The uh, council there in Minnesota, the area that you're talking about they just appropriated four and a half million dollars to rebuild their police department well Passed that is their council uh, the people up there were screaming for them and the re- main reason they wanted them taken apart was it to get them out from under homes uh, homeland security since 2003, every police department and sheriff's department, with the exception of the sheriff, they can't hold him in because he's elected, 
um, have come under the control of Homeland Security. And so they're the ones passing down orders. And then they started militarizing them, giving them all this excess military equipment. What are you doing with the excess equipment? Well, the producers overproduce. That's their problem, not ours. And the other thing that came out about this was that the training these police officers are getting, the people doing the training have first been sent to Israel to learn tactics from the Mossad and then brought back here, and they do what they do. And But these executions, I just saw where the city has earmarked $48 million for security during the Chauvin trial. Um, I, I just I don't get it. Um, I went to the George Floyd Memorial in St. Cloud at Lake George, and there were several hundred peoples there, and it was a memorial. They had a prayer service and this and that and something else. And the very quiet crowd, the police from there, surrounded the people at that memorial and did everything they could. I saw this personally. Everything they could to antagonize them, to get them to react so they could open Mm -hmm. up on them. And those people just stood quietly and just bowed their head and started praying. And But this is the biggest enemy we fight are the people, to me, out here in the public with these costumes and tin badges. Instead of, I can remember when I was a kid, every every boy and some girls wanted to grow up to be either a policeman or a fireman. And when you ask kids now, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a policeman? No, they kill people. Um, yeah. the kids, you know, if you had trouble, would you call the police? No, they'll kill you. And I think, what have we done? You know, what have we done? Okay. But it just, well, you know, nothing you know, is what. Go ahead. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And I feel horrible for the blue that do their jobs, that do save lives every day, for those that do. And the more, majority of them are good. I believe that. Uh, what they are faced with going out every day. They leave their homes, they kiss their wife, their husband, their children, and their chances of being shot down just because they do have a badge are so much more than what they were. I just can't. I know too many good cops, just like, you know, I know some good prosecutors. I know some good judges. You know, so I I just don't like this whole clumping of them together because I do think that what that does is it puts targets on their backs. I think we have to go after the people that are doing this. If there is a department that is corrupt, that is engaged in these heinous activities, go after the department. But we cannot go after every police officer. We cannot go after every judge. We cannot go after every prosecutor, public defender, every corrections officer. We need to call the ones out that are doing it. We need to enforce our constitutional rights, and we need to put good employees. We need to protect the employees' 
from people that are so worked up that they've fallen into this, these malfeasance groups that, that, you know, and go shoot people. And they're getting away with it. They're getting away with it. Kamala Harris and others. We can't let that happen. We can't get the anybody permission from us, ordinary people, to them, the employees of us. We can't let that happen. I just had to I just had to kind of like join in and say that. And I know we have to deal with generalization sometimes, but it scares me sometimes too, you know? It scares me sometimes. Because I don't think that all people are racist. I don't think. that. I mean, I know they aren't. You know, I know that all the people that are shot dead wrong, they're not all black. Okay? They're not all black. Uh, you know, but I also do know more black. We have to acknowledge the reality of what things are without the divide. How are we going to do that? And there was silence. James, Marty? Well, you treat one another with human dignity to begin with. All men are created equal. Really all self-explanatory. We're supposed to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be. And reality, perception is reality. No, I don't agree with that. Right. But but take the analogy of a child and an adult, okay? They're equals, okay? But there are certain responsibilities that the adult has to understand the child's lack of experience, lack of knowledge, and everything associated with that with communicating with that child. And then yet it's the child's duty to respect the elder or the adult. You know, there's a give and take in every relationship. In every relationship. Every relationship, yes. And there is the ones who know should help the ones who don't know. And the ones who don't know should have the opportunity to ask those who do know. Mm-hmm. But not be enslaved yeah. to do one or the other. Or belittled. Yeah. And instead of immediately jumping on board some bandwagon, you know, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Well, Use your critical thinking skills. You, you, hit, you hit the nail on Go the ahead. head. Group think. What is group think? Group think is socialism. Group think is communism. Independent thinking isn't. Traditionalism. <laughs> It's individualism. Yeah. Yeah. And your Bill of Rights are written for who? The individual, not the group. The individual. Because if any one man is deprived of any one right, no man has any rights. The Bill of Rights is written for the American individual person. Communism is for the whole or for the group, and that's what groupthink is, 
That's what groupthink is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, if you hear the word groupthink, the words groupthink, you don't think it's so bad because sometimes you think, oh, okay, you know, we have to have a creative, uh, you know, think tank and all that. So that's great for ideas, for campaigns, for certain things like that. But that's really um, decrepit for politics. <laughs> You're right. For, yeah. Well, yeah. those yeah. are those are called think tanks in reality, and it's independent yeah. thoughts that are sifted and sorted. It's not jumping yeah. on the bandwagon, bandwagon like joining a herd of dogs. You know, whatever sounds good at the moment. You okay. debate the thoughts. You debate the idea. Doesn't mean you agree. Right. But it allows for what? Free thinking. Right. Which also means free listening, too. That we can listen freely to others with opinions, with others that have firsthand knowledge, with others with secondhand knowledge, with others that have their own hypotheses. Um, and, you know, sometimes nobody will change where they are standing, and that's fine. But we don't have to have a trail while we don't change those. We don't have to have more divisiveness if we don't change those. But we can also come out of it with civility, with respect, with a disagreement over something. But you know what? You know what drives me crazy? I know we've got to start closing my sauce pretty soon. When we, when, you know, when there was a women's march and, and, you know, feminism and whatnot, suddenly what that changed to was you can't be a part of this march unless you're wearing a big pussy hat cat. A cat hat, and you agree with everything we say. It was like, wow. Oh, I didn't ask for those add-ons. Why are you changing the terms? Why are you changing the definition? We gotta stop this, people. We've gotta stop this. And then it went to a march where Madonna comes out and says, thinking an awful lot about blowing up that White House. Is that inciting? Violence? I don't know. Your last thoughts. I'd like to give the human race more credit than what it's shown, but everybody's going to have to look in the mirror. Because it is, in the end, good versus evil. In the end, it's your own personal values and your own core system of doing the right thing. And what does that require? That requires each individual to look in the mirror and see how you've been taken. Who do you want to be? How do you want to be seen? Yeah, I like to think the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Sometimes I'm just thinking it's like, what do you see, think? That's not necessarily, that's not necessarily right? ap- applicable with God's law because you can't agree with evil. If you have a criminal that lives next door, he's not your neighbor. He's the criminal that lives next door, and you have to call that out. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate you being on uh, tonight, uh, really helping with, you know, guiding and adding to the conversation. And Marty Oakley, of course, I appreciate you and have a blast and always learn from you. And I think this went great with us tonight. We should do it more often. And Stephen Burke, uh, I appreciate you and uh, for getting to the station uh, with all this ice. Please get back safely. God bless you. Uh, Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB, Lighthouse Christian Radio, Marty Oakley, TS Radio Network. I'm Tanya Hathaway from Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. And I hope that you can tune back in on Sunday evening at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, 5 (laughs) Pacific Time. God bless. God bless all. Think for yourselves, and good night.